Restaurant Unstoppable episode 691 with Patrick Terry. You know, I, this is about, let me tell you, you don't succeed to the level that I think we've, we've achieved. And I think we've done pretty good. You don't succeed if people just like you. They have to love you. This is about love. This is not about like. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge. Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Ladies and gents, you've got to own your presence online because that's where your first impressions are made. Good thing there's Bento Box because Bento Box empowers restaurants to own their presence, profits, and relationships directly through their websites. To learn more about Bento Box and how it can empower you through your website, head over to getbento.com slash unstoppable. And because you are a restaurant unstoppable listeners, you'll save 50% off your setup fee. Again, that's getbento.com slash unstoppable. Everybody loves payday, am I right? But loving your payroll provider, that's a different story. It's a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you can add benefits and HR support to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. It's loyal, it's modern, and who knows, you might even fall in love. To learn more, head over to gusto.com slash unstoppable and when you run your first payroll you'll get your first three months free again that's gusto.com slash unstoppable margin edge it is the only restaurant management system to combine automatic invoice processing with pos and accounting integration improving financial performance visibility and efficiency in other words with margin edge you can finally run your restaurant without the massive paperwork nightmare that sounds amazing And all you have to do is snap a photo of the invoice with your smartphone. Because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you can enjoy up to 50% off your first year. Go to me.marginedge.com slash unstoppable. Yo, what's going on? Unstoppables. I've got a great episode for you today, and I cannot wait to give you a teaser of what to expect. But I have to remind you that we are now publishing these episodes on YouTube. Uh, They're not always coming out exactly when the episode is live. Uh, We're kind of catching up with the backlog. But sooner than later, real soon, uh, as these episodes go live on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and Google Play and Spotify and whatever player you're listening on, uh, we'll be launching the video on YouTube as well. So head over to YouTube, uh, search restaurant unstoppable and subscribe. This is episode 691. I link to the YouTube channel in the show notes, or if you're listening to this on iTunes, like most of you are just scroll down. Um, on the player and I'll have the link right there to make it super easy for you. I'll also link to the Facebook group. So that's a private Facebook group that I've created over the past couple of months. We've got a couple hundred folks in there now, and I'm really trying to create a, a curated group of listeners, people to reflect on the content. And for you guys to connect with one each other with, with one in another or however the frig you say it, you know what I'm trying to say, uh, to talk and to support each other and to um, share some ideas for the show and to give me feedback and ways to improve. And I'm, that's my sounding board. I'm listening to you guys on that platform. So wherever the, the pain points are, I'm listening and 
I even hope to kind of create some content around the conversations that are happening over there. So please join that community. Let's make it awesome. And side note, if you are a vendor or uh, with a vendor or you're trying to sell something or you're just trying to market to this group, please don't ask to join. Um, you need to be working in a restaurant or own a restaurant to be a part of this group. And I just want to be upfront about that. Today, we have a great episode for you. I'm really excited about this one. Um, Patrick Terry from P. Terry's in Austin, Texas. These guys have been around since the early 2000s. Uh, They've scaled to over 15 locations all in the Austin market. I love this kind of stuff. It's it's something that we talk about a lot. Uh, Don't put your energy out. Put your energy in. Patrick Terry and his team over at P. Terry's live this mantra of taking care of the people who are immediately in front of you. And it's not about getting your customers to like you. It's about getting your customers to love you. We get into that in today's episode. We also talk about uh, the three things that Patrick most attributes to his success. Uh, I believe they were listening, uh, fear, and just working your ass off. So it's a great conversation. I'm really excited for it. And here it is. So with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Patrick Terry, my man, Patrick. Are you feeling unstoppable I'm today feeling unstoppable Dude, i'm right. feeling unstoppable i'm sitting with the p terry the man behind austin's famous burger joint right now i cannot wait to dive into your story so after a career in advertisement and owning two pizza places in 2005 patrick and kathy terry decided it was time to go all in on burgers with that p terry's was born the vision was to recreate the burger joint patrick remembers as a child simple with a focus on quality and great customer service 15 years later p terry's was or has scaled to 16 locations in and around austin with plans to expand to houston and san antonio within the next year i'm super excited for you and i just cannot wait to dive into your story but let's get that motivational inspirational ball rolling with a success quarter mantra what he got for us well it's it's always been do the right thing. Do you know, the right it, thing. It's it, 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 it's it's I'm a I'm afraid what it sounds like because it's so simple to say yeah. it and it's been said before. But but if you actually follow that, if you actually follow that every day, uh, it leads you down a path that um, I think works out. I love it, man, and it's it's true. Like sometimes, keep it simple, stupid, right? Yeah. And what do you when you say do the right thing? Like what what other words come to your mind. Like what is so, so it's all encompassing, you know, you don't get to pick and choose if you're going to do the right thing. So, you know, for us, it started with, um, the creation of the menu and the fact that we wanted to serve, uh, frankly, before most people, most businesses before, in many cases, anyone else, we were serving, uh, an all natural beef, uh, hormone free, antibiotic free, vegetarian fed, Black Angus. And uh, and so we started with the menu that we're going to serve and the food, the quality of the food that we're going to serve, that if we're going to eat this every day and eventually our children, which were born through all of this, are going to eat this every day, and I can tell you they do, um, then we're not going to serve you crap. And uh, so we're going to look into the oil that we're cooking uh, our French fries in. Again, 15 years ago, nobody else was looking at you know, um, uh, fat, uh, non-trans fat, uh, oils and, um, and just the, the direction we were taking it. We created our own veggie burger. Um, 
the food, the produce was delivered seven days a week. It was, it was absolutely the freshest we could do it. When we started, we were actually hand padding as fast as we could get, you know, on the grill. I mean, it was, it was that attention. So, so it began with doing the right thing for what we thought was for the customer. And then it immediately goes to do the right thing with your employees. Um, and, and so, you know, there are times when, you know, we, when, when, you know, the, this is not easy job. This is, this is, you know, this is a tough business and there are weeks and months, um, and sometimes a year where beef prices have escalated. Um, it's a serious number. Uh, it's having an effect on the bottom line. You don't, in this business, you don't just get to go up. 75 cents on a hamburger because you're getting killed. Yeah, yeah. You don't get to do that. So you have to eat it. And, and a lot of people will take that out on their employees because there's nowhere else to take it out. Yeah. On. So when you say that you're talking about your labor expense, yeah, your labor expense. And, 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 and so, you know, we never did that. We never let anybody go as a result of, of, of business issues. We never let, uh, you know, we never stopped the very first year we opened, we'd been open for six months uh, we had a Christmas breakfast in the restaurant. Um, every employee got $50 as a Christmas bonus. And we knew the minute we handed out that Christmas bonus that we were we were forever handing out yeah. Christmas bonuses. I, I want to I pull back the layers yeah. on that. Um, I, I made note to pull back the layers on that. Uh, but what I'm hearing from you, just to kind of summarize uh, what you mean by do the right thing, is it's the golden rule. Do yeah. unto others what you'd want done to you. Like, yeah. and you, you recognize the right thing, and you recognize how you want to be treated, and you treat everybody yeah, else like it that. Really that it really is that simple. So I love it, man. Great, great stuff. And I, in my research, didn't see much about Patrick Terry before 2005, uh, but you own two pizza places, right? right. And you were in advertising. Yeah. Uh, let's go into your history and kind of find out what set you up for success. Uh, yeah. What were you doing before P Terry's? Where, so, does make, where does it make sense to start? So selling, I've selling always been, I've, I've always been that the little businessman, you know, when I was five years old, I had a lemonade stand nice. and, and my dad was, my parents were always um, helpful and, 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 uh, they never pushed, but they were always helpful. So I remember my dad saying, you know, why don't you put the temperature outside on your lemonade stand? And I, so I wrote, you know, it's lemonade's a nickel, it's 102. <laughs> um, and people stopped because it was 102 yeah. outside. You know, we, we lived in West Texas and it was always 102. Right. Um, and so, so I, I've always done that. You know, I, um, in college, um, I had businesses throughout high school and college. I started a, tea, uh, uh, a shirt company, a shirt catalog. I sold to fraternities and sororities. You know, I just always had something going on. When I went into advertising, I worked um, at a great agency, Tracy Lock BBDO. I was on, you know, serious accounts, but I got bored. And so I opened up a take and bake pizza place um, that I went to at night. After I finished my job in advertising, okay. I, I, so, so I, I've can never. You, can you timestamp this for us? Yeah, that was in. Uh, oh my God, I'm getting so old. <laughs> so I, I, I guess that was the early '80s. Early yeah. '80s, okay. and then I moved to Austin. Um, I got to a buddy of mine got me back to Austin because back then Austin, 
clearly, as you know, Eric, has, has changed dramatically. But yeah, I'm part then, of the reason for that change. Yeah, you I, I are. Mean, you I just are. got here, so I can't complain about how crowded no, it is. No, you can't talk about <laughs> I'm part that. of the problem. No, that's exactly right. <laughs> no, the, so, you know, uh, you couldn't, you, get, you graduated from the University of Texas and then you moved because mm. there wasn't anything to do here. And, uh, and so I got a job, I got back here in 85 um, working uh, for a state agency. And so uh, that got me here. And then I opened up a pizza place in 89. And that was the second pizza place that you had mentioned. So it's always been thus. I've always, you know, um, and and the truth is, and we can peel back and discuss it all you want. But the truth is, um, I'm just not scared of work. Mm. And, and I'm, you know, if, if, if you and I are competing, um, my shot at beating you is the fact that I'm probably working while you're asleep. Mm. And I'm, I, I can tell you, I'm thinking about it all the time. And so, um, I don't know any different. Um, and, and it's, it's a blessing and a curse. I, I hear you, man. So how, when, how long did you have the pizza places? Cause um, when you opened P Terry's, you didn't, you didn't still have the pizza. Place, no, right? no, no. I always had a, there was a, a point in my life that I, I did things in three year increments. Okay. And I'd sell the business and go on. Uh, I always was lucky enough to find a buyer, um, but I always sold the business or, you know, and I'd work at a, have a job and I do that for three years and I go, I just would lose interest. Okay. And I can remember specifically saying, when I was lucky enough to get the first lease for the first P. Terry's, uh, which, by the way, I missed a week. I missed five years earlier yeah. by a week, yeah. um, which really sucked. Uh, we'll get into that. Yeah. But but I, I remember saying at the time, OK, this is it. I'm not I'm not doing this for three years and going on. This is my this is I was going to say you, you five X that three year yeah. rule. <laughs> yeah, this is the swan song. Nice. And 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 so. Uh, and then I made the the decision uh, reluctantly to put my name on it. Well, I think it's something to be said about trying different things, and I think people go all in too soon sometimes. When you're you know when you're younger, you have that energy. You can try things. You can you can figure out who you are and what you want. And and then I mean, what were the lessons you learned through two pizza places? I'm sure that's kind of one of the things I wanted to get into. Is like, what did you learn the hard way with the first two businesses you owned uh, that set you up for success with P. Terry's? Yeah. Any mistakes you made in the first two? Oh gosh, yeah. You know, I remember the the first place in Dallas uh, was in North Dallas, and uh, I signed a lease without really understanding it. I was 22 years old. What didn't you understand? Um, I didn't understand that uh, within a year that they would have three other pizza places in that shopping center. Okay. <laughs> that there was that I had not. So you would have signed like a non compete. I had. Or I like did that. not stipulate a non compete, and 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 they took full advantage of it. Um, I I have a tendency to uh, once I make a decision, I just I jump in, mm. and and I I don't think down the road. Okay, so this is a five year commitment. You know, I'm on the hook for five years for this. Talking um, with the lease. Yeah, with the lease. And and so, uh, you know, there were a lot of emotions involved that, you know, you have to put put aside. Um, but I did learn that if I worked hard enough, I could pull it off. Mm. And and that's not always the case. But but I was fortunate enough that I would find a way. Reflecting back um, after your 15-year run with P. Terry's and the success you've had 
in the knowledge you've gained, reflecting back at those two, the first two locations, you mentioned the least any other things that you, you wish you knew then that you know now that you would have done differently, that you can maybe help prevent somebody who's listening to this making the same mistake. Well, I think you can't force something. You know, I think you have, there's, there's a leap of faith that you're going to take, uh, before, when you decide to open up a business, it, 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 you have no, you have no choice, but to make that and, and, leap and jump and hope that it's a soft landing. I mean, that's really what this is about. If you're, if, if you do it over cautiously and you are, you know, finding your way and moving with trepidation, um, it's not going to work. Yeah. You've, you've got to make the jump. Well, I think there is some truth in the statement that, you know, ignorance is bliss because if you knew everything you had to do, you'd be apprehensive. And when you just dive in, you're in, you know, like, and there's no turning back, you're on the hook. So you got to figure it out. Yeah. I think you've got to be fully committed. Mm. And, and I guess that's, that would be the one piece of advice, especially, you know, especially if you're young, uh, you know, I didn't get married till I was 45. And one of the reasons I didn't get married till I was 45 is I, I, I want to, total freedom in doing whatever I wanted to do the next day. And, and, uh, and I wanted to learn from that and, uh, and, and I think grow. And so, um, you know, if, if I had been married with kids through those first couple of years at P Terry's, it's hard to be selfish. Not sure. I <laughs> yeah. Not sure. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, I was, well, I was married when I opened P Terry's, but we didn't have kids yeah. and, and I had a, and Kathy's a trooper and, and a great partner in all of this. Yeah. But, but, uh, but so much of this is just the fact. And I was very lucky cause she recognized that, you know, she didn't want us to fail either. And so when the hours were 12, 13 hour, th- hour days, um, she knew that that's what I had to do. Yeah. Um, you said that what you need is to be fully committed or fully committed. That's your advice. Yeah. Um, paint a picture without getting into too much detail with P Terry's because we're going to pull back the layers in that. Yeah. What does full commitment look like? Paint that picture. Oh my God. It's, it's 24 hours a day. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it's waking up thinking about your business and going to bed thinking about your business. And then it, at the end of that day, looking back, and saying, did I move this forward? Did I move my business forward? How did I how did I move my business forward? Was it as simple as handing out two hundred coupons in a parking lot? Uh, was it making a phone call and and trying to get a catering gig? Yeah. Uh, you, you know what did I do? Was that like a mantra that you had like oh, every absolutely. day? Like how do I move forward? How absolutely. Move? Where'd you I, learn that? Well, I think you you learn it just. I, I mean, I think I learned it just by having done enough stuff. How do you and, track it? Well, it, I'm not good at tracking. All <laughs> I, know, I, That's I, I, I know, you know, I just look <laughs> at it and I just go, okay, did you know, what did I do to move the ball forward? Well, what you track is that you hope your business increases. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you track it. Uh, because otherwise it's all for naught. but, but there had to be, you know, something at the end of the day that said, you know, I took care of this customer. I, I, I did this and I think it will benefit the business as a result. Yes. Um, and then you have to be aware of it during the day because you're going to do it again the next day as yeah, well. I love it. So um, I think now is a good time to take our first break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. It's the entrepreneurial myth, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's the idea that when you open your own restaurant, life is going to get easy because you get to do exactly what it is that you love, whether that's front of house or back of house. And then reality kicks in, right? You've got to do all this other stuff that comes with owning a business like taxes, HR, payroll, really boring stuff. 
That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small business. And if you want to add on 401k or health benefits, it's a breeze. Those old school clunky payroll providers just were not built for the modern small business. Not to mention, you, you've got to compete with the big guys. But how do you compete with the big guys when you don't have big guy bucks? Well, with Gusto. That's how. Get back to doing what it is you love and let Gusto handle the rest. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you'll get your first three months free when you run your first payroll. That's Gusto.com slash unstoppable. Again, Gusto.com slash unstoppable. We're back. And you mentioned or we mentioned that you you had a, a career in, in advertisement before getting into the, the food business, but I, I'm really curious because you have, I mean, one thing I've identified that P Terry says really well is branding. And, and I'm, I'm sure that advertisement has something to do with it, that experience in advertisement. So take us to that point where your, your, your vision for P Terry's and what you were trying to create and just kind of round that off for us. Sure. And you're right. I think that my background in advertising and my interest in it, my dad ran a TV station uh, when I was growing up. And so we were always around that element and uh, which is probably how I got into the advertising business uh, out of after school. Um, I think it's it's very important to create a, a scene, a scenario, um, something that that you know that's very visual. That that you know, I'm looking for people to be comfortable. I'm looking for people who that want to be there. Um, and so you know, there were a lot of things that I wasn't sure of when we started P Terry's. But I was absolutely sure that the architecture of the building had to be Googie, uh, which is, you know, Southern California, late 50s, early 60s. What was the name you used? Googie. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's three books on Googie. Okay. Um, and, um, and what it is is it's straight lines. It's stone, um, a lot of natural light, so a lot of windows. Um, it's wood. Um, and the creation is meant to be timeless. And so, you know, there's some fantastic car washes in L.A. Um, because they're it's googie. It's just <laughs> yeah. it's just the design of it and coffee shops and, you know, uh, diners. I have to admit, when I first came to Austin and until recently, until I really started pulling back to layers to get the story and prepare right. for this interview, I thought P. Terry's has been around for like since like the 70s yeah. or 80s. And like, that's I thought it. it was a staple in the right. I mean, it is a staple, but I thought it was it had been for 30 years. Absolutely. And that's and, and that's all intentional. You know, and, and my my hope is 30 years from now, people walk up and have no idea when that thing was built. Yeah. Um, and so that and, and what I think that does is it creates a comfort level. It first of all, it, it does. It distinguishes us from everyone else. Absolutely. Um, and it um, it becomes a billboard. You have to stare at a P. Terry's when you go yeah. by. You're like, yeah. what the heck is that yeah. building? It, it, it's, it jumps out at you. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the first design. The first restaurant was um, we didn't we didn't have a lot to work with. It's nine hundred and fifty square feet. Yeah, and um, so we added a little to it and cleaned it up. The second one was our sit down, our first sit down uh, drive through, and and uh, you know I said to the architect, so the goal is when somebody passes this restaurant, they turn their head and go, whoa, what's that? And that's what and, it does. And that's what and that's yeah. what we try to do. So so the branding is all, you know, we got very lucky with um our colors and our logo. Um and it, it just all seemed to work. Uh and I was cognizant of all of it as it was being developed. Got a lot of great help from a lot of people. We've even gone our flagship store off the highway uh, um 
you know, is really is, uh, uh, and I'll send this to you, but it's it's like a paper airplane taking off. I, mean, I love it's it. It's just st- stunning. Um, so yeah, I I'm very aware of that. I'm very aware of, you know, um, the tray liners and what the tray liners say, and and you know, um, whatever point of purchase we have. Uh, it, it all goes together. Now, none of it matters. I mean, and, and Eric, you, you can never forget this. None of it matters if the food doesn't taste good. Yeah. Uh, your price point doesn't matter. Your friendliness, your building, none of it matters if the food sucks. I mean, it's, it all starts with that. So bring us to um, – well, you mentioned earlier, like you, you identified the spot. You knew you wanted to do burgers back in the 90s, and you, yeah. and you identified the spot in 2000, and then you didn't get the lease. But then five years later, that built that – business didn't work out and then you were right there take us through this location and why this first location what was it about this first location yeah so i you know i'd love to tell you how sophisticated and smart i am that would just be (laughs) that would be wonderful um the truth is i just had a gut yeah um, that what what the location said to me is it's right down the street from zilker park which is kind of our central park Mm -hmm. and um it's it, it in many ways is kind of the heartbeat of of austin because of the outdoors and the the park and Barton Barton um, Springs the pool, um, but really what I liked about it was we were directly across the street from a McDonald's, a Jack in a Box, a Wendy's, Taco Bell, and Taco Cabana, and so there were two two reasons I was interested in in that. The first was they've done their all their research and. That's a good location. Yes. And the second thing is that if I'm going to have a successful business, um, I can't hide or run from anybody. And so I might as well find out right now if how I'm going to do against these guys. And 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 so because I'm not going to spend my whole life trying to avoid them because you can't. They're everywhere. Um, and I, what I mean that is the competitors. And so, and so that was, that was a lot of it was, okay, well, let's just find out what you're made of and, and if this, if this thing's going to work. Well, I, I love that. And what you're sharing right now is Lowe's, this, this is Lowe's approach when they're finding their locations. They, right. the save on their marketing, they just looked at where every Home Depot right. was and they put one right next to it and right. they didn't have to have that marketing arm or right. that, that person that determines where the restaurant, where the, where the, 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 the building goes, whatever that title is. But I love that. Uh, and the other thing, you're also competing. I mean, you're, you're competing with McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, uh, Jack and Box. These places yeah. aren't known for, for quality. Right. You know, they're, they're known for value. Right. Did, was that kind of playing into your mind? Like, I can beat these guys on oh, quality? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. I can so, still, you know, I still remember, man, like it was yesterday. Um, we would sit on the patio in the morning and, um, you know, have a cup of coffee or go over the inventory sheet. I worked the, the first store. I, I was there the first two or three years every day. Um, and I can still remember every, it was like every fourth day, uh, an 18 wheeler would pull up at the Jack in the box across the street. It's not and, there anymore. Is it? No, it's not. Yeah. It's Starbucks now, by the way, of those five, I mentioned there's only one left McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, um, the 18 wheeler would pull up and the guy would get out and he would open the back and that frost would come out, you know, from the freezer yeah. and, uh, he would unload a pallet of whatever. And I would look at him and I, and I would, you know, I seven days a week, we, we had to find a produce company to deliver on Sunday. 
um, for two reasons. One is I wanted everything fresh, but two, I, my building was so small. I couldn't, yes. I couldn't take a two day. I'm happy you're getting into this. Yeah. And so, uh, I looked over and I'm like, well, the, first of all, I, I'm like, I, I, I I'm going to beat you on this because you have to serve what you have to serve. It's, you know, it is what it is. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to serve a, a higher quality. I'm going to serve it fresher. And the second thing I remember is I got out of the car one night and I was, you know, it was, it was 11 o'clock at night and it was freezing cold. There were like five, um, high school football players sitting out on the patio eating. And I, the reason I knew is they were wearing their letter jackets, big guys. And I walked, I got out of the car and, and, uh, we were driving by and I just stopped cause I always did. And my wife was like, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to go talk to those boys. And I got out and, and I said, you guys are crazy. It's 30 degrees out here. you and they were laughing and we were talking and I said, let me buy everybody a milkshake. And they jumped up and ran <laughs> to get a free milkshake. And I looked across the street and I said, I, you know, I will kick your ass because your poor manager can't do this. Mm. He's not, he's not allowed to give away five milkshakes to five football players. He's right? just not. And I'll do it all day. Mm. You know, we sell a cookie for a dollar and every store sells about 125 cookies a day. And I can't get the managers to do it. And it's it's beyond me. You're giving away uh, five milkshakes, but what what are you really doing? And if I interrupted you, oh I'm yeah, no, no, it's all right. I'm getting, I'm I'm making five friends. Mm. You know, I this is about. Let me tell you, you don't succeed to the level that I think we've we've achieved, and I think we've done pretty good. You don't succeed if people just like you. They have to love you. Mm. This is about love. How this you, is not about life. How do you get people to love you? You give them free milkshakes. You love them, right? No, yeah, you do. <laughs> you know, you give up, but you do. You do everything you can. You know, you, 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 when when we make a mistake on an order, and, and we own up to it. We send you a coupon. We we take care of you. We want you back. Um, you know, this is this is about a relationship, and and of course, then you go back to taking care of your employees, so they'll take care of your customer, which is clearly I'm not always there, and I can't be in 16 places at once. But that's got to be the culture. The culture has to be love. That that you know, if we screw up, the man, the first thing you should do is here's a cookie while I fix it. Here's something while I fix it. You know. Um, and and so that's what this is always about. Well, it's, you're, you're giving them that immediate thing. So that's a great lesson. When when the the stuff hits the fan, which will inevitably, right, in the right. industry, um, don't just try to fix it, but give them something f- immediately, yeah. right, like a pacifier. Yeah. Think of it as a pacifier immediately, and then blow them out of the water with how you go about fixing yeah. it. So, so it's you, that one-two punch. Yeah, but and 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 you know, this is your opportunity. Um, to really make that friend, yeah, because uh, now you got a chance to right a wrong, yes, and and if you do it the right way, they never forget it. Yeah, and I think Dane Meyer calls it writing the end of the story, right? Yeah. Like, there's a storyline; it doesn't have to end at the disaster, right? It ends with how you recover, that's and, right, and show them how much you care. That's exactly. Right. Um, I love it. So you mentioned that there is a book that was like your Bible when, when planning, right. What was that book? Fast food, fast food nation. How did this book impact you? So, sorry, Eric Schlosser. Um, well, what it kind of became is, uh, a Bible on mostly on what not to do in the fast food industry, uh, because he was pretty critical of, of a lot of things, but it was, but it wasn't all critical. There was a lot of positive things. Um, I, I think it gave us, um, you know, I reread it a, a few years ago, and uh, and I think 
at the time, it was probably more impactful than it was than it is today for me anyway. Why is that? I've, I think because I've lived it for the last fifteen years, mm-hmm. and um, and I think we've you know I like to think that we went above and beyond some of it, um, but but it was it was kind of. Uh, a nice crutch you know you always had this little book to refer back to that um you weren't alone that there there were people that were paying attention and you weren't the only one that saw that this wasn't a panacea you know that we were serving a lot of crap and you know you shouldn't put sugar in your meat so when you say it served as a Bible, was it the picture of what you did not want to be? A lot of that. So was. you were comparing yourself to what you did not want yeah, to be. Yeah. And okay. I, I've learned, you know, my, my first job in advertising, um, most of what I got out of it was how I wouldn't treat other people. Mm. You know, it was a pretty cutthroat industry and, and there were a lot of jerks in, in the business. And, and I can remember thinking, well, I'll never do that to anyone. I'll never so, do that. So you're saying these are the things I do not want to be or do not want to do to other people. Get specific. Give me an example of something that you would not do. Well, um, you know, I can still remember, and this is so so small, but I, I do remember it. Um, I uh, I was in advertising, and a friend of mine died, mm. and I was gonna I wanted to go to the funeral, and and my boss asked me how I was related to that person. I said, well. He's, it was a friend. I used to work for him, blah, blah, Yeah, I don't think you really need to go to that. And and so, you know, it was it, – it, it, it had an impact on me because I'm like – you know, it's – you know, at the time you're thinking, well, I think I am can handle this decision. You know, I'm not skipping work. I, yeah. You know, I work every day. And and so I think there was just – and there's there was a lot of ego um, and I hate it. I hate the ego and I hate the ass kissers. Uh, I don't have any time for it. And so um, we don't have egos around here. It's just it's just not allowed. Uh, and the ass kissers, there's not one around. I can tell you. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, um, so I, I, I saw a lot of that in, in my in my career. And, um, you know, I I think that um, the idea that I am more important than that guy that's going to work the grill today. <clears throat> excuse me. And put, you know, eight hours in and grill a thousand burgers. The idea that I'm better than him or more special than him or that's crazy. Dear Why God, is that crazy? Because because I can't do this without him. Mm. And and the idea that I, I even think I can do this without him makes me a fool. Uh, it's crazy. And so, you know, and the thing is that when I go into a restaurant and, and it's been a hard transformation for me because – you know, first of all, I started working side by side with everyone. I was, uh, they were my peers, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I wrote the check, but but I'm sweating my ass off right next to you um, all day long. And and so, you know, you see how hard I'm working. I see how hard you're working. There is a mutual respect. So I went from that to being <clears throat> Patrick. And, oh, Patrick's here. And, and you know, I would visit with people and I, many of them I had worked with in the past and, uh, I'm not working there, um, like I used to, but we still have a friendship and I've been, you know, and then one day I walked into one of the stores and a guy is up, um, adding milkshake mix to the, to the free, to the m- machine. And I run over and help him cause he's on a stepladder and I'm, I'm lifting it. And he looks down and he goes, are you who I think you are? 
And and I said, yeah, probably. And, you know, I introduced myself and we visited for a second. And I realized how things change, you know, uh, and a lot of it is just by growth and having more employees. When did this when did this happen? When did this the scenario happen? Well, um, so, you know, for years, it, I was always the first three years I, I literally could I, I'd walk in and I'd immediately start working. Oh, don't don't worry. I'm getting into that. Right, yeah. Right yeah. up next. But I'm yeah. curious. When did this when did this happen? This the situation? Oh, the, what, oh, what year was it? It was probably it was probably seven years ago. OK. When so I, when when I when the first kid didn't know who I was. So how many locations were you at that point? We were probably at five or six. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, what is the significance of being able to bump up against the people at, you know, at seven locations and for some, like what, 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 what does that communicate at that point when you're there willing to get on the ladder or to do what, to get dirty right next to these people? Yeah. Well, I think it, it, it's everything, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I think that there is a, um, um, you, you're looking for a mutual respect. Mm. You really are. You, you know, they, I need to respect you as as an employee of P. Terry's, and you need to respect me um, as as the owner. Yeah. How do I get your respect? Um, I probably don't get it by walking in, and putting my hands on my hips, and barking at people, or just nodding my head and not and not, you know, having a conversation. I'm probably not going to get it that way. Um, th- th- I, I might get something out of it, but it's it's probably not respect. And I and I think that uh, you know. You know, I, I I think there's a unity that you have to have that that management and everyone else we, with a cohesiveness that that only comes from being in many re- regards equal and not superior. In that moment, you're showing this person that there's no work that's below you, Absolutely. right? And I think that just that yeah. you can't even put words to that. Yeah. It, it shows that you're my equal, like you said. It's yeah. that 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 flat hierarchy, um, so important. Well, I gave you a per- <clears throat> perfect example. You know, um, during the football season, uh, UT's got half a dozen home games, and um, I live three or four minutes from store number two, and. Uh, and it, it gets a hit after the football game, um, depending on what time the game's over. And so, you know, um, everyone's in bed and my wife and girls are asleep and it's 10 o'clock or 1030 and the game's over. And so I drive over and uh, make milkshakes till one in the morning and uh, I couldn't be happier. And, you know, I don't know what anyone thought about it other than I was in heaven. You know, I'm. And uh, in that moment, what's making you happy? Oh, what what I started out to do. Uh, this was um, very. This is very simple for me. I love the concept of burgers, fries, and shakes. I love the idea of serving you burgers, fries, and shakes, and and you wanting to come and eat that and drink that. That that's all this is. There's nothing beyond that. What is it about burgers, fries and, and oh, shakes that just lights you yeah, up? Yeah, it's the simplicity. It's it's, you know, the Americana. It's um, my childhood and and what what I remember uh, from Mac Eplins, my, my the little driveteria that I grew up with and and the oh my god, the happiness that it brought me. You yeah. know, we would get a uh oh my gosh. I think it was a number 11 and uh, it was uh, 27 cents. It was kind of a kid's burger. I grew up on that. That's great. So you spent um, at least what, how many years did you spend on the floor every day open to close? Oh, it, I think it was at least three. 
um, we would, it's the day would start at seven in the morning and I would go get the money from the night before and count it and deposit it. And then, uh, I'd work until many times until close 11 or 12. We, we closed earlier back then. Um, and you know, the, 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 the first, uh, 45 days we were open, um, I had, we were remodeling a house and I had, uh, leased out the house that we were living in and the house that we were going to move into wasn't ready. And, uh, so we were effectively homeless. Oh man. So I got a, a room in a motel on, um, uh, South Congress and the bar closed at midnight and I can remember hustling to get a beer uh, because the bar closed at midnight and often the bar was closed when I got there and I started again the next morning at seven. Uh, I didn't know any other way to do it, but to be there. Yeah. So I, I, I've absolutely identified that your willingness to be there shoulder to shoulder, working harder than anybody else's right. is one of the reasons you are successful. Identifying two more reasons. And then let's go into all three of those reasons. If you could, I, if you could give credit three reasons and i know it's that's hard yeah. to pick three things but what are the three things go aerial list those three things then we'll pull back the layers on yeah. those three things time so left. so you i you got to work your ass off or at least i did so that's one that's one uh you got to listen to okay. other people and you got to listen for the good ideas and so um uh you and and you have to know what the good ideas are and what the bad ideas are so i really became the filter for um, for those ideas. So work your ass off one. Number two, listen. What's the third one? Um, I lived in fear. Okay. So let's, let's start with working your ass off. Paint that picture of working your ass off. Because the reason why I want to dive into this, because I feel like what you did in those first three years is you set the tone, you, you established the right. culture. Right. So what, 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 what were you doing? What did working your ass look like? So working um, your ass off. Look we, like? one of the, you know, one of the hardest parts for us was to learn how to cook uh, fresh fries. Um, we use a Burbank, Idaho Burbank, very, very few places use Idaho Burbank because it's picked once a year and it's full of sugar throughout the year you know the, the it changes the potato changes and and so you have to constantly change the formula to remove the sugar and so we didn't know what we were doing for years um and so you know I, i'm making it up the potato sucks so what do i do now and and literally taking cases to the dumpster and Man. trying it again and and calling a different produce guy. Well, let me try your potatoes. Mine, you know, not having a clue what I was doing. And so, uh, a lot of the emphasis was on the French fries because that's a big part of it. Um, a lot of it was, um, learning the business as from others that were, you know, that we had hired some employees that had some, had some experience in the business and learning from them. But mostly it was my presence saying, um, no, this is not okay. Or this is the way we're going to be. And I remember we had only one guy in there that really knew what he was doing. He's the grill guy. And at night, he would work for us during the day. At night, he'd go work at Outback. And I watched him interact with another employee. And he was totally disrespectful to this mm. person. And I called him that night and fired him. 
And I remember Kathy saying, well, what are you going to do? He's the only guy that knows what he's doing. I said, I know, but he can't be there. Mm -hmm. He's a cancer. And so it was those, those decisions early on that, you know, and what I, what that said, of course, to the rest of the employees is you don't get to talk that way. Yeah. Culture isn't something that you write down. It's something that is happening every day. You got to write it down to keep it cemented, but you got to live it. And and as soon as somebody is outside of that, that culture or they're, they're pulling perceptions, reality. So what, what people are perceiving, what's happening is the reality of your culture. So when it's not what you want it to be, you got to fix it, whether it's having a talk or just getting rid of that person altogether. And, and what does that do when you do that? Well, it, it signals, it just signals to everyone, you know, I, I, I this mean, is the standard. This is the standard. And there was one guy that 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 was he everyone liked him, I liked him and and he was kind of a a manager role um and but you know it was it was pretty clear he was showing up stoned every day. Yeah. And and so that's not going to work. Yeah. And so I I walked him out and and let him go. Uh one particular day when he was it was just it gotten crazy. And and I came back and I just announced to everybody, you know, so-and-so doesn't work here anymore. And I saw the expression on their faces. It was like, oh, wow, this guy's not messing around. This is not going to be like my last job. Yeah. You can't do that here. Yep. And and so and, – and, man, I got to tell you, the hardest part about all this is the minute you open that door, um, you, you don't get to call time out. You're going to open the door the next day too. Yeah, and the next day. Yeah, it it kind of reminded me of the intro to the the Jetsons when he's walking the dog on the the, the, the treadmill, treadmill that's going around. <laughs> it just it just doesn't stop. Yeah, what I'm hearing from you when you're there, and again, this is the first thing that you 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 pointed out that you attribute your success to is you're there. You worked your ass off. When you're there, you get to see what's happening. You're yeah. witnessing firsthand. Who's not living up to my standards? Who's coming in stone? Who's being a you know a jerk? Yeah. You know, and when you're there, when when you try to, I mean, there's something to be said about working on your business, not in your business. Right. Um, but at the same time, there's something to be said about being present in your business to to witness reality. Yeah. What's happening? Is this what I set out? And when it's not what you set out for, you got to correct it right away. The other thing, which I want to point out that from my research that I think you do really well is like you set the tone with your actions, taking care of your, your guests, right. right. And that desire to please, do you want to get into that? The yeah. Thing I and, touched that, on it earlier. And, and that's exactly, uh, that was what I was about to say while you were talking about it. And also while you're there, you get to know your customers. Mm. Uh, you know, we had, I just got an email from them um, this week, uh, 15 years later, we had a, a, a gentleman who drove a cab and he'd come by three or four times a week. And to the point where we saw his car, we knew his order. And, and so you start to establish, you know, these are my friends as well. Mm-hmm. These are my customers and I know them. Um, and what it led to is a quick aside and a very important one is I can remember on the weekends, um, you know, we have town Lake and we have a bridge that you cross to, to get to over on the other side. And it's kind of a barrier. It's kind of a mental thing. And, uh, on the weekends, I would see people from the neighborhood I lived in, more central, not south, Austin. And I remember saying to my wife, <clears throat> if we ever can get a second location near them, we won't just see them on the weekends. They're coming on the weekends because it's a pain in the butt to get to yeah. south on Austin anytime, certainly. Um, but we'll see them more often. 
And so it became our second, our second location was literally on that same street, but three miles down. Yeah. And sure enough, those same people showed up two or three times a week as opposed to once a week. And so it established our second location, which is, you know, the one that either brings you down or makes you go. Well, it shows that you, you're you're noticing these people. Yeah, and like yeah. you you know these people. You know where they live. What better way to show them that you care than to get closer to them, to yeah, make it more convenient for them? And, you can, and I, I don't think you can forget, Eric, at the time, we were so unique. Um, there wasn't another burger place in Austin, you know, fast food place serving hand-cut Fresh fries, yeah. just just for, just that. I mean, yeah. Five Guys is here now. Shake Shack is here now. Hell, they're all here now. Yeah. But, but back then, they didn't exist, or they weren't they weren't in Austin. And so we were so unique with with the all natural beef and everything that you know I I remember customers coming up to me. They I mean they wanted to talk to me because we had created something right off the bat that was just different. And a woman came up to me and she said, I come here after uh, my chemo. And I said, I'm sorry. And she said, well, no, I come here because I had breast cancer and I can't eat anything that's not hormone free. Mm. And all of a sudden you start to see this is a little bigger than I realized. This is this is something more unique than even I knew I was doing. Um, And so, yeah, knowing the customer and. Hell, that's. I think that might. And we're supposed to be. We're we're supposed to be talking about how you worked your ass off and how that led to. <laughs> but this is a great little segue because I, one of the things I want to talk to you about is the how you scaled, right? And I think you're getting into that right now. You're right. going to where your customers aren't being served where they needed. Is that kind of, was that kind of? Oh, with that was definitely with the second location. Yeah. But you know, the the best thing that ever happened was because I was I was trying to jump the gun. In in retrospect, I was out there. You know too early looking for other locations and the best thing in the world. And I didn't realize it, but brokers, you know, I would go by and see a for lease sign and I would call and leave a message with the broker and they would never call me back ever. And, and what I learned after several months and maybe longer is that brokers didn't want to talk to me. They want to talk to other brokers. And, and so I thought I was being, you know, smart by just going out and looking for my own locations. Cause I, that's what I would you know, it, it was not unusual for me to get up at four in the morning and because there was no traffic yeah. and drive around. And I can still remember their coffee place open at six and I would be out front waiting for them to unlock the door because I had either been driving around or I was about to drive around. So I yeah. was always looking for locations. Yeah. And I got very lucky that nobody answered the phone because we weren't ready for it. So when it was almost the fourth year okay. before we opened number two and number three just followed immediately. We got a break and we opened. One. Why weren't you ready for it? Well, we were still working on French fries. You know, I can't tell you how how long it took to perfect it, and and uh, and it's why nobody and they are amazing. Well, thank you, <laughs> but it's why nobody does it. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, when you think that we get a shipment, I, I think it's every three or four days we get sixteen hundred cases. Um, they have to be tested, and uh, we have to know how much sugar is in them. And and then a, a WhatsApp goes out to all the managers. Okay, here's the formula for fries this week or or th- for the next two days. Are you allowed to share that formula? Yeah. Well, the formula varies. So what it really uh, amounts to is the temperature of the water they're soaking in. We use a vinegar and some other items in our solution um, to help to help uh, 
get the sugar out and keep the color look good. So you, you got to basically you're looking with what you're working at every day. I mean, you're, you're fixed variables, right? Or the, the, the ones that aren't fixed. Right. And like those variables, like how do I adjust every day to make sure it comes out the same? So absolutely. Yeah. So the, so the sugar is the thing that's constantly changing that you have to pay attention to. Yeah. And what so I, you might be, it may soak for 10 minutes, it may yeah. soak for 40. Got you. And, and, and then it's got a shelf life. Then you got to drain it and you got to yeah. keep it and you got to, it kind of reminds me of, of a baker baking loaves, right? Like right. every day the humidity is going to be different. Absolutely. The temperature is going to be different. And you got to take into account those variables to, to make sure that the products can be a consistency. I've never heard of anybody putting that much effort into French fries. Well, we laugh. We laugh because uh, even the very first store, I mean, I knew from the very beginning the fries were the fries were probably as important as the burger. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it was, you know, I'd, so I would, in, in high school, I was on the tennis team. And we would travel all around West Texas, and there were, you know, all these cities, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're the same ones, San Angelo, Odessa, Midland, Wichita Falls, I mean, everybody. And, you know, back then, there weren't a lot of franchises, a lot of fast food places. So you were always in a local guy. Yeah. And and the fries always sucked. The fries were always <laughs> awful. And this poor guy is, you know, is, is full of oil. And, oh, you know, I'm the guy that, you know looks for the right, the best fry and I eat it. And then I look for the next one. I ended up eating them all, but I just kind of fidgeting around. Yeah. And it was such a big deal to me that the fries had to be right. Uh, and so the, watering right so now, you've got this, you've got this, <laughs> you've got this 527 square foot. I, I may have gotten the number wrong earlier, but our, our, our original building is 527 square feet. And literally half of it is devoted to French fries yeah. of that building. Um, and cause it's, it's that important to us. So, one thing I need to talk about, um, and then we'll get back into two and three, which right. is uh, listening and fear, um, is you grew to 15 locations in one city. Yeah. Why so focused? Well, it's a great question. Simple. Um, I didn't want to leave Austin. I, I, did, I didn't think that I had the experience and the bandwidth personally to – go out and do multiple cities, you know, just cause I'm the guy that created the concept doesn't mean I'm the guy to run it forever, which clearly, you know, I well, made that decision. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to talk about that. Um, and, and so, and at the same time, you know, um, I wanted to establish Austin as this is our town. And if you're going to come here with your concept, you're going to have to compete against us. And we're going to be everywhere. Yes. And and I and so I was confident in that mentality because the city has been crazy on fire for the last you know no, this is nothing new in the last ten years. This the growth is you know it's accelerating in the last few years, but it's been growing ever since. So I would go find a location. You know we have three stores on one street on Lamar, and the third one is near our offices, and it's they're all three miles apart. Well, obviously there's going to be some cannibalization. Um, but what I bet on was this, you know, this location is going to have apartments around it instead of that empty gas station. Mm -hmm. And right now at this third location, this third Lamar location, there are two giant apartment complexes being built literally a stone's throw from it. So I, I counted on the, the, the constant growth of the city to fill in any voids that I had created by opening up one. Um, and, and the other thing I did is I stopped a guy from a competitor from maybe taking that location. Um, so we were going to plant the flag here and, and establish it. You were going to have yeah. to mess with us. But I mean, from what 
from me, from my perspective, when I look at what you've created, all I can think of the word that comes into my mind is impact. Yeah. And I think that when people think about scale, like, oh, I need to scale. We need to go out. Right. But that comes naturally over time only after you've made an impact. And I think that that approach of just owning a demographic and area and having, and just being like a complete dominance in that area, being known as the place for right. fill in the blank and developing those relationships and having so much, such a, a strong social tie with everybody that comes into your place. When you, when you create that impact and that presence, lateral growth comes naturally. Yeah. And, you, and, and you'll know because cities like Houston and San Antonio will be like, please right. come to us. Like yeah. when they're begging for you to come there. But you see Eric, that also goes back to, leaving your ego at home. So a lot of that is ego. I'm going to open one up in Denver. I'm going to go to Chicago. You know, wait, what, what, why, why are you going to Denver? I got, I can go three miles down the road to yeah. open up a P Terry. So, you know, why, what, and, 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 and so I can, not, not in every case, not in every case. Um, often though, but often though it's ego. Yeah. It's it. And, and it, and I, you know, I'd, I mean, I remember, a. uh, uh, a kid who was at UT um, and he was from uh, Saudi Arabia. He was an exchange student and he came in and he said, uh, uh, I, we want to, my family wants to open up, you know, P Terry's in Saudi Arabia and we own the Pepsi distributor. I mean, he just listed it and, and I knew he wasn't kidding. And I'm like, I- I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I, you know, I don't care how much money you have. I mean, wh- what am I going to do? Get on an airplane and go to visit my, I mean, you know, this, I, so I can tell everybody I've got a location in Saudi Arabia. I mean, I- I'm, that's not what I'm interested in. And you're exactly right. We, you establish it, you own your, you own it. And by the way, if you're going to own a city these days, owning Austin is not a bad place to own. No. And, and, uh, and it's, it also, there was, it was becoming aware. I was, I was becoming well aware that, that Austin was becoming its own brand and, and to be from Austin and, and uh, the strength of, of being a part of Austin would serve us well down the road in other cities. I love it. Um, so we, okay, we got to talk about fear now and um, we're at about 55 minutes of recording time. I don't want to abuse your time. You're doing great by the way. I'm loving the conversation. Oh, so why was fear dive into how fear has served you? Yeah. So fear has served me well. It's just a horrible way to live. Um, I live in fear of failure. I don't live to succeed. I live not to fail. And uh, and that's a hard thing. What is failure to you? Um, oh, boy. Man. I, I ask the tough questions. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, – you do, and uh, and and it, it, I, I probably want. It's probably going to send me somewhere I don't want to go. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't. I I for us for fear for, uh, failure for P. Terry's would you know is 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 not having a well run business. You know, I I I'm of the belief that money follows, and so I don't worry about the money. If if I walk in and the uniform is clean and the service is good and the place is clean, it's going to take care of itself. I mean, so it's it's in the the biggest fear is that um, we get we get behind an eight ball with poor management or we've grown too fast and how do you recover? Yeah. And, and I, I will tell you the one sentence that, that I, I will, I never want to hear is, Oh, I remember when it used to be good. Mm. It's the killer. And 
Thank God I haven't heard it yet. So um, how do you prevent that? Oh, you work your ass off. <laughs> and you live in fear. Yeah. And you don't, you know, you do everything you can for it not to happen. You hire the right people, obviously. Um, and so I got a sense the the last few years that I was really burned out. Yeah. It was, you know, I had been doing this. Uh, hell, there was a point where I I answered every customer comment. Jeez. You know, um, and, and every new location, it starts multiplying. Oh, it's not yeah. getting easier. It's getting Absolutely. harder. You know, I, I, I remember spending a summer, um, you know, just just responding to customer comments. And and that was my free time. Uh, and so, I, I you know, uh, we hired a, a, a very serious, uh, uh, a talented VP of operations a couple of years ago. And, and uh, Kristen is just terrific. She's the first person we ever hired. We'd been open 12 years, 12 and a half years, and we had never used a headhunter. You know, we had always just hired from within or people walked off the street or. But I think that's also a testament to your success. Oh, because absolutely. Because you grew when you needed to create opportunity. I'm, I'm making assumptions here. No, no, it's absolutely true. You grew when this person needs a place to go right. and they, we hit a ceiling here. So yeah. let's go open another location. Yeah. And, and, and that's how you keep people too, right? Yeah. If they, they see an opportunity, but Kristen came in and, um, you know, she was the, she was op, running operations and we had had other people beforehand. But the truth is I pretty much ran it. And, and I would walk in and say, this guy's not cutting it. You're going to have to get rid of him. Or I, why don't you promote this person? He seems, or she seems perfect. And so they were really doing what I was telling them to do. And and that's great if you're never wrong. Um, that works out just fine as, as long as you're right. And so I brought Kristen in and I started going through my same old bag of tricks, you know, and I walked in and I started questioning some stuff and she looked up at me um, and she said, you know, you got to let me do my job. Ooh. And I got to tell you in 12 and a half years, no one's ever said that to me. <laughs> no one's ever said that to me. And my, you know, my wife and I, talk about stuff and we're obviously of equal plane and, but no one had ever, no employee had ever said that. And it struck me the minute she said it was, yeah, you're right. Mm. I gotta let you do your job. And honestly, everything changed from that moment on because what I would do, Eric, is I would spend my weekends because that's when traffic is the lightest is when I would go check all the stores. Yeah. So I was gone, you know, so the office was closed, but I was, I was driving stores and I'd be gone five, six hours both days because we divide. I divide especially up the with traffic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 I would go in and I would write stuff down and I would call people and I, you know, and I realized, you know, that's just not my job anymore. You know, that I have to let the operations person run and I have to trust her and and she's turned out to be great. So, so that that and that frankly led to you know that led to a new CEO. So yeah, and um, so I want to bring that to the surface as well. But it, it sounds like fear was both a strength and a weakness because it inhibited you from, I don't know, maybe it was a detriment to your health, your mental health or anything like that. It, it isn't so much a detriment to my health. It, 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 what it's, it, it doesn't allow you much room to celebrate. Mm. And, and so what's the point of doing it if you can't celebrate? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and so, and, and so that, you know, you just kind of look around and go, you know, uh, when do I get to smile? And, yeah. And, and that's, my, that's on me, you know, that's not anybody else. So that's, are you, are you doing better with this now? Have you, have you, is that one thing you've been getting better at is, is, yeah. And I think, I think part of that is, is detaching myself somewhat, you know, I've, I've taken the role of founder, mm. you know, the day to day is now on Todd and so our new CEO. And so that's allowed me, you know, 
this is a crazy story. Uh, we're driving back from San Antonio and to look at locations. Um, Todd's been with us, you know, for a couple of months. And I'm not kidding, Eric. We are driving back and we've looked at some good spots. And I'm looking out the window and in the for the first time in 14 years, I just kind of was like, you know, it, it's going to be okay with somebody else. Nice. And uh, I'm really excited to talk about Todd. I actually got the pleasure of speaking with him um, yeah. while I was setting up here. Great guy. I'm going to try to get him on the show too if you're yeah. okay with that. Uh, <laughs> of course. So uh, what was – like? when did you know that you needed to step back? I mean, you never – did you have a CEO position before this? Were you, or was you, were you just the founder? And, no, I was the CEO. You were the yeah. CEO. I mean, I, I, I'm not big into titles. Yeah. Um, I'm not, not big into business cards. I'm just not big in. I did. So I, I never walked around and said, I'm the CEO. I just said, so what know. did this inner dialogue look like, um, for you to be like, I need to step back. What did you recognize was the reason why you had to step back? Well, we made a conscious decision. Kathy and I sat and talked about it. Um, you know, did we want to expand P Terry's to other cities? You know, are we happy with what we've got? We can, you know, we could build one in Austin every year just by the sheer growth. Um, or do we want to see what it can do? And, you know, the decision we made together was, you know what, I think this is a pretty special brand. I think it'd be fun to see what we can do. And when that was decided, I knew that it wouldn't be me. It was going to be Why not else. you? I, because I don't think I, I – There's somebody told me a great line. Um, they said, I don't want to ever learn something that somebody else has already learned. And so, you know, Todd's already learned it, yeah. you know, and, and uh, his experience is much greater than mine. I mean, he's not going to, it's going to be, a, it's going to take a long time to catch up to 15 years at P. Terry's, but it's not going to take him that long on expanding uh, restaurants to other cities. Yeah, we're better together. At the end of the day, we yeah. can't do it all. And when you're right. trying to scale, and it, you need to become better at different things, right? right? And to think that you can do it all, to think that you can be the expert on yeah. everything, you're better off just getting out of the way and, and letting somebody who is good at that right. do the, their thing. And so you can focus on what you're good at, which is fill in the blank. So you want me to fill in the blank? Yeah, like well, are, first, I'm going to step back <laughs> yeah. and tell you that, again, you go back to leaving you, your ego at the door. Yeah. The, th the fact that I didn't think I could do all of it. You know, yeah. that there are people out there. Uh, so I, I think I, you know, Herb Kelleher is one of my heroes uh, with Southwest Airlines. And, and Kelleher became this wonderful spokesman for the airline. Um, and, you know, he visited with his customers. He visited with his employees. And, you know, there was a true love affair um, that everyone had with Kelleher. Um, you know, I think that's a great goal for me. You know, I, I love being in the restaurants. I like talking to customers. I clearly like making milkshakes, and <laughs> and um, and so I I kind of see my my role is is first of all in the office is to maintain the the decisions to, to be a part of the decisions as leading to any change in culture yeah or or, or not change in culture and and uh, letting everybody do their job but making sure that you know, what, what's, what we created is not law. Well, you are the culture behind every great restaurant. It's a great person, great yeah. people. And, and it's an extension of your values and yeah. you got to be there living those things every day. And when you hire somebody to be the CEO, to focus on the operations and, and the right. details that frees you up to be present, to live the culture, right. you know? And exactly I think right. it's, I think it's a brilliant 
way to approach your business. Um, I think this is a great segue into the last point you wanted to talk about, which is listening. Yeah. And when you surround yourself with other people, I mean, I kind of take it from there. Why is listening so important? Yeah. So, you know, first of all, this started off on the correct foot when, you know, Kathy, my wife, Kathy's the one that handed me the book, Fast Food Nation, mm. and said, well, if you're going to do it, do it right. Uh, literally her words. And and so from there, we got we got very lucky and, you know, all this quality beef came up, yep. came up and all that stuff. Um but then I had a good friend who said, um, you know, we, we used to live in Houston and there was this restaurant and it had a sandbox and boy, it was great. The kids would play in the sandbox and it was easy. And, and I said, you know, that's a really good idea. So we, most of our stores have sandboxes, you know, the, uh, the sit down places. And it was just a nice little thing, especially the first store. Um, and then somebody, that same person said, you really should do fresh squeeze lemonade. And, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, that's, that, that fits, you know, that fits with what we're trying to do. Uh, and then somebody would say, well, you should, can you do sliced avocado? No, I can't do that. So how do you know what to say yes to? You want yeah, to say no well, to that's, a, that's pretty much on me. That's pretty much on me. And I, I, that has to be the fact that, you know, at some, at the, at the end of the day, somebody's got to make the call. And it's, it, it ought to be the guy that started it. You know, I mean, my wife is instrumental in all of this. There's just, there's just no way you can downplay her role in all this. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, it's got to come down to, and a lot of our decisions were made together, but, but it just has to, it feels right or feels wrong. Yeah. So when you say listening, what you're saying, you you gotta be open to suggestions. Yeah. Um, I think another thing that you I, I don't know if you meant to include it in with, with this section with listening, but it came out earlier with this idea of you hire people that are experienced, right? And you're watching them, you're learning from them and you're, and you're willing to admit they might know something more than you or right. a way to do it better than you is, do you want to reflect them? Is, am I oh, absolutely. Them? No, that's absolutely right. You know, it, it, you know, I, um, I, I am the first person, you know, I, I have a, a very str- strong opinions, but man, I can be convinced otherwise. Mm. And, and you, you just have to be open to it. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I can't, I can't teach, I can't explain the gut, you know, and, and I also can't, um, emphasize enough what the, you know, first 45 years of my life helped me to get to this point. I, I don't think I could have done this earlier. I don't think I was prepared to do this earlier. I think it took all of the, all of the things that I did before that to get to where I was to where we were to open it up. So how else has listening served you before you move on? Well, um, we listen to our customers all the time. You know, we, um, we, we, we're not defensive, you know? Um, and, and so, you know, the customers are constantly holding us up to a higher standard. You know, if, if we forget pickles on a burger, they really want another burger. Yeah. You know, cause you know, it's, and, and I'm thinking you're probably not going to say that at one of the major chains, yep. but you hold us to a different standard and that's okay. So one thing I would love to know is your, so when, when, when we're getting slams, right, there's a line out the door, right. there's cars piled up and we have to fix something. How do you not 
how do you create that culture where, where it's like, okay, where you don't lose your shit and yeah. you don't get disrespectful and you stay clear headed. How, how do you guys manage that? How, well, I'd like to think we do it correctly all the time. I'm sure there's some that slip by us. Um, but there is this, you know, constant, um, training of, you know, of taking care of the customer, of listening to the customer. We sometimes go a little overboard, uh, frankly. Um, but it's, it's this, that constant push that, you know, that the customer is, first of all, the very few of our employees lose their shit mm-hmm. because they're used to it. Yeah. They're used to that line. And so this is no big deal. I mean, there are times I, there's, there's a store I, I can't get, I can't go to cause it, it gets so busy. I get vertigo Yeah, and they're, and nobody, nobody else is blinking, you know, That's crazy. so they're, so they're used to it. And the second thing is, okay, now I've got to deal with this customer and I've got to fix it. And, and that's what I've been trained to do. Um, and it's okay. You know, so it, it really goes back to the mentality and they have to see it from upper management. You know, upper management has to. And that's, again, I think goes back to number one, working your ass off, right? And being there and seeing what you do in that scenario and setting the tone. Um, I've loved this conversation. Is there anything we haven't discussed up to this point? I know we didn't even get to talk about Taco Ranch. Uh, I apologize. (laughs) No, it's Uh, okay. We'll do it another day. Right. Uh, I'm excited about that. Um, Anything you want to bring to the the free form? free flowing portion of the conversation before we move on to the speed round. No, I think we're good. So I got one more question for you. I'm asking all my guests. Uh, The mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. So how have you transformed over these past 15 years? Who's the man you are today versus the man you are getting started? It's a tough one. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Um, I don't take it easy on my guests. No, you don't. You don't. Um, I think I've learned um, to take it all in stride. I think I've learned to that that you can you can uh, make a mistake, and as long as you're willing to fix it, it's going to be okay. Mm. Whereas when we made a mistake early on, it was like the end of the world. Even if I fixed it, I thought, well, we've just lost that guy. We just we I can't believe we screwed that up. Mm. You know, I can still remember. I mean, honestly, this is fourteen and a half years ago. I can still remember serving milkshakes that were too runny because we couldn't keep up with the demand on our little machine and just feeling awful handing out milkshakes that were runny. I mean, literally (laughs) to this day, it bothers me. I can remember an order that went out late, you know, that was supposed to be delivered to a school. I can still see the woman's face. Oh man. Um, And, and, and just thinking, well, that's the end of the world. That's the end of the world and realizing it's not the end of the world but you have to you have to make it right. You can't yeah. keep serving runny milkshakes and expect it to be okay. You can't keep getting serving food late and expect it to be okay. You have to fix it. But as long as you're willing to fix it and you do fix it, you'll be okay. You're not defined about you're not defined by what you've done in the past necessarily as much as you are by what you're willing to do in the moment to make it right. Right. Yeah. I think that's been a kind of like a reoccurring theme to today's conversation, right? Um, Awesome stuff. I've loved this conversation. One more quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be back to bust out a true speed round. I'm sure you felt it before, right? That pressure, that intense pressure to have your restaurant website on point, but you should have that pressure. You should feel this way because your restaurant website is so important. It is your first impression and it represents your entire brand. 
But here's the thing. You're not a web developer. You're a restaurant owner. So how can you be held to these standards? Well, with Bento Box, that's how. Bento Box empowers you to own your presence, profit, and guest relations, all with full support, integration, and analytics. And here's something that's really great about Bento Box is that it prioritizes website accessibility. So with Bento Box, you can get a certified accessible restaurant website that follows ADA guidelines and supports your business because this is how you show your people you care. Beyond that, Bento Box websites drive 70% more traffic. They see seven times more conversions and get five times return on investment. What else can I say? Well, how about over 5,000 restaurants in all 50 states and around the world are using this platform with its suite of tools. Head over to getbento.com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, you'll save 50% off your setup. Again, that's getbento, G-E-T-B-E-N-T-O.com slash unstoppable. Imagine if processing invoices was as easy as snapping a photo with your smartphone. Oh my gosh, that'd be nice. Well, with Margin Edge, it is that easy. You snap a photo of the invoice and Margin Edge takes it from there. Every line item in every handwritten note is captured. Margin Edge then integrates with your POS so each day you know everything you bought and everything you sold. With Margin Edge, you get a rolling P&L with drill-down capabilities, and it flows effortlessly to your accounting system of choice. That's pretty nice. So what does this mean to you? It means you can run your restaurant without the massive paperwork nightmare. It means getting your team back to creating memorable experiences for your guests. It means having your purchase and sales data in one place immediately for effective and rapid decision-making. So if we have your attention, go to me.marginedge.com slash unstoppable. And because you are restaurant unstoppable listeners, you can enjoy 50% off your first year. Go to me.marginedge.com slash unstoppable. And we're back. The first question I have for you is what is your it factor? A habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success. Every day. What is your biggest weakness? Every day. <laughs> it's it's surprising how often the strength is also yeah, the weakness. And how is it your weakness? Um, I don't know how to turn it off. Mm. Yeah. What is one question you ask or thing you look for during the interview process? When you're growing your team, what are you looking for? Uh, cultural fit. Okay. Nothing more. How do you know it's a cultural fit? Um, you know, we hire nice people who are willing to say and do what they have to do, even when they don't want to. Got you. Oh, what is your biggest challenge today? Well, the biggest challenge for the business is always going to be, um, labor, finding the right people and hanging on to them. And how are you dealing with that challenge? Um, we deal with it with our reputation, uh, of, of the way we treat our people currently yeah we didn't get into that yeah there's no hiding that you know but i'm just gonna drop some things that you guys do real quick you give ten dollars a month for every month that your employees are here as a christmas bonus and you've had people that have been here for 10 or 15 years i've done the math that's like one thousand eight hundred dollars a year that's pretty freaking amazing in the restaurant industry um birthday cake for everybody you have you hired somebody that their job is to make birthday cakes drives our uh, p terry's car 
And then what was the other thing you guys do for your employees? Oh, um, interest-free loans. Interest-free loans. And you have up to thirty to $40,000 at any one given time, giving people you know, the support they need actions. What I want to say, actions speak louder than words. Right. Yeah. And you, and you walk the walk and we don't need to get into that, but I just no, want to know. And just real quickly that, that $10, um, these are all lower. These aren't management. Mm. Uh, these are all lower level. Um, I think, I think in this December, I think the bonus total was 150 grand. Damn. To those people. That's amazing. And well, well, well deserved. And it's just an honor to make an example. More people should be doing stuff like this. So uh, share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team. It's a core value, a way to be, a way to act. Um, You've got to be honest. I love it. What is one un- uncommon or unstandard service? Wait, let me say it again. What is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team. So this is something to go above and beyond what's expected from the guests. Something that's common within your four walls, but not common within the industry. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to say it, it's going to sound trite. So you have to let me explain it. <laughs> okay. Um, you, you absolutely have to take care of the customer. And a perfect example is about once a week, I get an email from a customer who tells me that they cannot believe that they've come to a P Terry's they've ordered their food and they reach in and realize they've forgotten their wallet. And the employee tells them not to worry about it and gives them the food. I'm that customer. Cause I always forget my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> what is one book that's a must read to make us a better person or restaurant operator? I'm going to go left fields. I'm going to say bad blood. What's one lesson from bad blood? Um, that you that you have to be honest with yourself, your employees and your customers. I love it. What is one thing you feel restaurant tours don't do well enough or often enough? Restaurant tours. Restaurant restaurant owners. Yeah. Um I don't think they look at the I don't think they look at it for the long run. I think they look at it for the short run. I love it, man. There's a book I just read that really gets into this. Uh, the, the, the soulful art of persuasion, 11 habits to become like a master persuader. I can't right. remember. I had Jason, um, the author on the show. It's a great cool. book and it's all about playing the long game. Right. Um, I love it. So, these next two questions are basically, I'm looking for referrals. I'm trying to help good people connect with good people. Name one service you've outsourced or hired a person, a specialist. You know, um, we have a, a, a wonderful graphics guy who's been with us from the very beginning who, who gets who we are. And, and his name is Will Hornaday and, and, you know, Will works out of his house and, and, you know, does our table tents and our, you know, our wraps on the window wraps and he does, you know, tray liners and he did some direct mail pieces for us. What's his name one more time? Will Hornaday. Will, and what's the name of his business? Uh, Hornaday Design. Got you. Pull that mic a little bit closer oh, to I'm you. sorry. No, don't mind. Just manhandle that sucker. Okay. That's why I like these booms. They can go wherever you are. <laughs> okay, this is the second to last question. What is one piece of technology you've adopted within your restaurants that's had a huge impact on operations? Maybe this is a question for your CEO. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. Uh, other than the electric grill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to be because no. I know you guys have kept it very simple, very yeah. basic. And yeah. I think that that there's something to be said about that. Yeah. You know, we're really not into, I mean, you know, we, we really don't have, I mean, we, we, we've started taking the pad outside to take orders at drive through line. Yeah. I what, would say that that, that's what, been very What helpful. service are you using? Um, I don't know. It's all right. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and this is the last question. It's a doozy. If you thought the, the, the question <laughs> I asked you about, um, how you've transformed was hard get ready for this one. Okay. Uh, if you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work and your restaurants would be lost with your departure with the exception of three pieces of wisdom, three things that you could leave behind for your legacy. And what would those three things be? So they can be anything, just anything, you know, to be true that okay. you can leave behind for the right. good of humanity. Right. Um, I'd watch, I'd want you to know that, um, our giving back days, which we contribute back to the um, uh, back to the community through nonprofit organizations, I'd want you to know that we surpassed a million dollars in giving back uh, in December. Wow, man! That'd be the That's first amazing. thing. That's one. Um, um, I'd want you to know that we had employees that worked for us um, for several, several employees that work for us for 12, 14 years. Um, and, you know, and considered this, um, you know, their second home. I love it. That's two. Um, the third one would be, um, that we really did everything we could to sell you the highest quality of food at the lowest possible price. I love it. And that was number three. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much, Patrick. My pleasure. Uh, wrap up every chat by calling somebody out. So who's somebody you respect and admire in the restaurant industry that you think would be a great guest mentor like you made for us today? Well, you should meet Todd. You know, honestly, my our new CEO, you, uh, Todd, is, Todd is terrific. He... It, it it scared me. His resume was so perfect for us. <laughs> His we did a forty five minute phone interview, and it was almost like I was being played. It was just so. It was just perfect. I had the pleasure of meeting Todd while yeah. setting up, and he's a great guy. I cannot wait to get him on the show. I even mentioned it to him. So yeah, the ball's been. It's in the court. Okay, good. Um, I'd love to make it happen. And how can we connect if we want to maybe come join your team? You're expanding. Um, there's a lot of new things happening. What's the best way to connect? Yeah, easiest way. It's P Terry at P Terry's dot com. Beautiful. I get them all. I'll have that in the show notes again. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thank you, Eric. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you. So what did I say? Great episode, right? Thanks again to Patrick Terry and the folks over at P Terry's for welcoming for welcoming me into their offices. And I'm actually going to be back there tomorrow. Uh, to record an episode with Todd, uh, their new CEO. It's going to be great. And uh, we'll have that episode live Thursday for you guys. So great stuff. I think the big takeaway in today's conversation is just focusing on what you're doing now 
even better and not trying to be everything to everybody, but doing a few things really well. Half of their original location was dedicated to mastering the French fry. Like who goes to that level of attention and detail and just that level of caring is the other thing that came out of today's conversation. These people go to work for P. Terry's and they're not getting a job. They're joining a family. You know, they're they They know that P. Terry's their employer is going to have their back uh, and these little things that we do to to show our people we care, not just our employees, but our customers, uh, that we are willing to do anything to win them back, to show them how much we care. And it's not, you know, we're not defined by what we've done in the past as much of as much as we're defined by what we're willing to do right now in the present to make it right. So remember that. And I think that's one great lesson that came from today's show. Uh, you know, Patrick dwells over these like little things that he's he's missed. And it's just when you show people how much you care that you didn't get it right and, and what you're willing to do to what what links you're willing to go to make things right. It's so powerful. Uh, so just be present. Just don't just get your guests to like you love Get them to love you, man. That's what I got from today's conversation. Awesome stuff. So one more time, I got to remind you guys, please reach out to me, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'll link to that in the show notes. Again, this is episode 691. So head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 691. I'll also have a link to the Facebook group over there. Come join the private Facebook group and join the conversation. Have an influence on this show. Uh, you can literally make content happen through that Facebook group. I'm paying attention to it. I'm here to serve you. Let your voice be heard and do it over in that Facebook group. And then lastly, guys, keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. I've been bad about asking for these. Um, I need to start reminding you that those reviews really do support the show. And then lastly, please use my links and, shed, and, and spread the word uh, about what we're trying to do here to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. All right, guys. Until next time, peace out.